0: I really work at, at being inspired in myself by what I write and trying to bring a, a note of inspiration to what I write at the pulse. And in other, I do write also about technology and healthcare and politics and things. So doing this work has really helped me embrace those elements of myself that find joy and meaning in writing the way I do and researching what I research and sharing that with people and hopefully helping them find a way to their new future. Because helping people find a way to their future is one of my big drivers.
1: The workforce landscape is rapidly changing and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education but we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So
2: how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Executive Director of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships, and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us. You, the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens
1: when we work together. And it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barcy. And
2: I'm Salvatrice Kumo. And this is The Future of
1: Work. In this episode, you'll hear from Pam Sorensen, the writer of Pasadena City College's newsletter, The Pulse. Her passion and drive that motivates her research and writing is beyond contagious and exudes an entrepreneurial spirit that you might find quite inspiring. Here is Salvatrice Kumo and her co-host,
2: Leslie Thompson, to get us started. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Future of Work. I am your host, Salvatrice Kumo, and my co-host
3: today is with me. Leslie Thompson, good morning. Nice to be here.
2: Leslie is our Director of Operations for Economic and Workforce Development. She's been with us in, the past, in some past episodes, and she's with us here today to talk with Pam Sorensen, writer and manager of the Pulse newsletter here at the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. Pam, good morning.
0: Good morning, Salvatrice. Thanks so much for the invitation.
2: You're very, very welcome. How is it up there in Oregon?
0: It is a beautiful sunny day, which is not typical for May in Oregon, so I'm enjoying it. Um, Yeah.
2: Good, good. Pam has been with us working on the Pulse newsletter that's produced by our Office of Economic and Workforce Development for quite some time now. I think it's probably going on 2 years, is that right? Is that sound We're about right? We're in the
3: second year.
0: We're in the second yeah. year for sure.
2: Yeah, it'd be really great to hear what your background is because it's interesting in that how it's kind of folded into this work of writing about you know, economic and workforce development. So share share with us a little bit about your background.
0: I am happy to do that. And I, this is really, it is very much a dream job for me to write The Pulse. I'm a recovering attorney. I've spent a long legal career representing vulnerable populations, including mentally ill, developmentally disabled. And the biggest, uh, the longest term that I spent was representing abused children and underserved youth who get So little resources in our world. Uh, so I had, I came to, into this position with that sort of a heart, wanting to advocate on behalf of those who don't have strong voices or a significant crowd supporting them. So disadvantaged youth in particular. So when I was asked by Pasadena City College if I would be interested in writing the pulse, first of all, it was wonderful because I know as a community college, a significant proportion of your Student population our our youth, and most of them are from have varying disadvantages economic, social physical, all kinds of things that impair or impede their ability to get the education that they want. So I thought helping the e w d connect with those students and then helping the greater Pasadena and Los Angeles region also connect with them in a way that furthers really the the bottom line for everybody. That just lit up so many of my lights. So what I've found most interesting about what I'm writing is the vast array of influences that play into at the very narrowly economic and workforce development, but also all the incredible elements that go into that. And so the research that I get to do... Every edition, I write two editions each month, every, on the first and the third or the second and the fourth Tuesday. Um, and there, I write two articles in each edition. And I generally work at identifying a theme for each edition. And those themes are built on current events, evolutions within these systems specifically. And then I also relate a lot of the times the theme is related to the podcast the person of interest on the podcast who's, you know, the podcast has such an amazing array of really, really interesting speakers. So I really enjoy bringing my legal research capacity, my analytical ability, and my fundamental optimism to sharing with the greater Pasadena and regional Los Angeles communities, the values that Pasadena City College brings, especially through its economic and workforce development department. So I find this just an absolutely fabulous line of work for myself, and thanks so much for letting me do it.
3: It's great when your background can kind of influence the work that you're doing now. I I wondered if we could go a little deeper on uh, what it's been like for you being new to the workforce development space in general. And then diving into some of the topics you've had to dive in for, for EWD so far. You mentioned a little bit about the research you do uh, for each newsletter, and I wondered if you could go a little deeper on the research and also kind of the emerging trends. I know for us, when you know, as we were working on this department, like we were learning new things all the time. Workforce development is always changing. I personally have had a, a big learning curve. And uh, I just wonder if you could speak to that a little bit coming in with this kind of different background, which it's a really interesting background. And I think it it serves you well in terms of like when we shift our approach to, you know, serving underserved populations as well. I think that it's a nice fit. But if you could go a little deeper on the research and maybe the emerging trends that you're finding as you dig into this work.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it is constantly evolving. And that was before COVID even. So when I started, and I think whenever it was that we started talking about my doing this work, I started the research then, and specifically I started looking at community colleges, California's community colleges, and you know how they evolved and, and the varying policies and, and philosophies that went into their development over time. Uh, and then this was within the last couple of years that I started doing that research and California's, in the past decade, has really changed its focus in terms of the value of the resource that is embedded in its community college system, not just as an educational portal, but as an economic development portal. Back after the uh, 2007-2009 recession, there were so many people out of work and there were lots and lots of them were looking to return to community colleges, you know, as a way to, you know, find a new job or a new career. Uh, and then t- the government started looking at the colleges as, um, are they training to the work that needs to be done? Are they training to our incoming industries? So since that time, over the past 10 or 12 years, state of California has been investing an awful lot of money and resources into the evolution of its community college system from just education for education's sake into a workforce development engine that is specifically geared toward providing the entry-level, middle-skill-level and upper-level employment employees and, and labor force that today's industries and businesses need, and also that tomorrow's businesses and industries will need. Uh, a lot of my research went into the policies behind all of that. I think a recent edition, we talked about the policy evolution in the colleges. Uh, and then from the state's perspective, you know, the the focus of managing those community colleges goes through the community California Community College Chancellor's Office, the 4C0, I call that. And it's that office's agency to take that state policy and convert it into actionable results on the ground across those schools. And there are 116 community colleges in Los Angeles or in uh, California. So what the 4C0 or 4CO has done is quantify the policy into strategies And develop its own policies to execute those strategies. I mean, the strategies are to identify regions within the state that have specific assets that lend themselves better to certain types of industries than others. So if, you know, along the maritime, the the Pacific Ocean states, they have a different, they have different economies because they're influenced by their geography. Same thing with the inland regions. And Los Angeles region and San Diego region. So each region has individual assets that breed and attract different, differing types of industries. Um, and there are industries that straddle all of them, of course, like logistics and stuff like that. But, and then once you identify which industries are specific in each region, then you look at the schools in those regions and you look to see what they're teaching and are they teaching to those industries. So as I was doing that research, I realized I kind of have to look at the overall perspective of the pulse as being like a top down and a bottom up. Um, and that's, that's mm-hmm. not a spectrum from good to bad. It's a spectrum from who's doing the work and where.
2: Tell us more about what does that mean? Top down and bottom up.
0: Okay. Well, the, the top down is from the state and the chancellor's office. From the bottom up, it's the businesses, the local businesses that need workers. They need trained workers. They need trained middle-skilled workers because that's the biggest gap in California's employment sector right now is middle skills. So the businesses need employees. And then the industries in which those businesses work also need employees. So the bottom up is what's boots on the ground, who's doing the work, what do they need, and how do we make sure they get it? Where I see the EWD in Pasadena is sort of mid-range. It, the school has to follow the mandates of the state and the Chancellor's office, but they also have to absorb the needs and respond to the demands of their local businesses and industries. So where the Economic and Workforce Development Department sits is um, understanding what its mandate is from the top, responding to the drivers at the, at the other end of that spectrum. So, which include, from the school perspective, perspective, making sure their students are successful, you know, getting through, identifying where they want to go, the job they want to do, getting the training they need, and then finding work in that, in that field. And then the businesses, PCC also supports the businesses through the Small Business Development Corporation or center, which is there on, on campus. And then also from that ground level and how it manifests that the EWD, there are two elements specifically that impact local businesses, and that's the workforce development department element of the EWD that actually assists employers to upskill and or retrain their existing labor force so that they can perform the evolving um, needs of that business. You know, COVID changed an awful lot of things about how business is done around the world, and especially in the very, very busy economic community of Los Angeles. And a lot of smaller companies really need workers who who not just understand what the business is trying to accomplish, but also the, the steps and the techniques and the methodologies they need to follow to get that business done. So a lot of businesses now are looking to retrain, and they don't necessarily have those resources in house but Pasadena City College can provide that. And then on the other side of that on the student end of it is work-based learning. Very often especially on the middle skills a, a theory of how a job is performed is is often not different but just unable to convey the realities of doing that work. And so Pasadena also sits as a nexus between its own student body and its local businesses so that those students can get hands-on experience, career-directed education in the business and industry they want to work in. So when they do complete, when they do get through their diploma, their associate degree, whichever, whatever the path they're following, they are ready to go to work day one. They've got the skills, they've got the certification, they've got everything they need. And, the role that Pasadena City College e- EWD performs is to make sure that training happens and those connections happen. Now, when those businesses are, are doing well because they've got the labor force that they need, then their industry does better, then their communities do better, then their economy does better. And so by putting that sort of effort and energy at the student level and the local level um, that's how Pasadena City College is working towards fulfilling those, the chancellor office and state mandates.
3: That's an excellent response, Pam. You really kind of nail it there when you talk about PCC being at the center of that work, and you do a great job of, you know, outlining our different pillars and how we, you know, face inward and face outward. I mean, it's like, it's almost like you write about us for a living. It's pretty great. But I wanted to know beyond. PCC ewd's role here and the things that you're writing about it we've talked a lot over the last year or so about the general direction of the pulse you know the kind of the themes and topics we meet every other week and we have discussions about you know where we're going in the future but what would you love to write about like what are your overarching goals for the pulse but what would you love to write about where would you like to see the newsletter go? if there are topics other than the ones we've mentioned, coming from the, you know, from the top with the state issues and coming from the bottom with local and regional issues, is there something that you would like to write about, investigate, explore, uh, really kind of dive into for The Pulse related to this work?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes, there is many things. My, my, my initial goal when I started writing The Pulse was um, to connect the dots between PCC and its community. And then COVID hit. Well, uh, okay, so now what does that mean? And how, how does that affect the school? And how does it affect what its EWD department is doing? How, how does that all work? So as I've been pursuing that, I'm also, you know, everybody, all of, all of the regional industry, industries and everybody took a deep breath and had to sit still for, for a while. And in that, Covid break, there's been an awful lot of evolution going on and an awful lot of growth. So one of the tracks that I pursue pretty much every edition in terms of what I'm going to research is what's interesting me today and how's that, how will that be in the future? So what I most recently in the research getting ready for our conversation, it was interesting to learn that the Industries in the region with the most growth expectation, meaning they're going to need a lot of workers in a lot of different roles, aerospace and defense, advanced transportation, the biosciences, and digital media and entertainment. And those four sectors, they're bigger than one. There are many, many industries included in each. Technology is driving their pace so fast. And the significance of what they're going to be achieving And how that will impact humanity, I think is just really, really exciting. And I want, I want the, the region and the Pasadena community to understand why they are so critical to the future of those industries because this region does, is such a a sound, solid, stabilized home for them. So there's an awful lot of for so for students who are looking to see what do I want to do with my future, well, there's a fine direction to follow right there. And at the same time, other other sectors within the region that are still strong, hospitality, fashion entertainment, manufacturing, logistics, I love researching prognostications. Where where are these gonna go? What's the next trend gonna be? And then hopefully getting little nuggets of that into the pulse so that readers can get excited about learning something within their industry or in an industry they're interested in that they can pursue or or encourage their students or their children to pursue or their neighbors or their friends. So it's not, you know, I like, I like helping local communities understand the value that PCC brings to them in so many levels. But I also want PCC, the EWD, and the Pulse to be a place where people go to find out not only what's happening today, but what's the next big thing and how do we get there.
3: And and how, as you said, how will it impact humanity, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
2: I'd like to, I'm actually kind of curious. um, I'm kind of curious about a couple of things with you, Pam. Only just, just basically what you said. First of all, I foresee... A huge planning session meeting, (laughs) where the direction you want the polls to go into. Um, But I'm really kind of curious about your work, Pam, because as I as I hear you say or as I hear you talk about, really next phase of the polls. What I'm super curious about this moment is what has been an aha moment for you, um, not only as a writer but but as an entrepreneur as well in this space in your experiences writing for The Pulse. And a second part of that question that I'm really kind of curious about you is, how has that shifted or is that going to shift the way you prepare yourself post-pandemic recovery? Or do you feel like it's just going to kind of stay the same? Because there's kind of two wonderful things happening here. You know, you have your outlook on based on research, but there's also... You know you're in it too, right? Like you're you're part of, of the solution as a as an external partner. So I kind of want to hear your what aha moment did you have, and in this space, in your findings, and how is how or if will that shift into your preparations post pandemic recovery?
0: Very interesting question. I love writing about this because um, I I'm I've always been excited about. Pursuing the best interest of everybody, I look at every individual person as just an unbundled volume of resource that brings amazing gifts to the world if we could just figure out how to get them out. So that's that was my perspective in my legal career and it is as a writer as well. And I find with, um, with the pulse it's it allows me to not just inform but also it when appropriate to teach. You know, that there are different perspectives for looking at the world. There are different ways of, of approaching any, any given situation, As, especially for people who, who are kind of confused or, or intimidated or a, a bit lost about where they want to go or what they want to do. I'm thinking if the polls can present a broad enough scope of, of options and opportunities and perspectives, then hopefully there's a little bit of that for everybody uh, that they can share with the people in their world, I think that's exciting. And then um, there's also there's definitely a, a personal drive behind this. As I approach middle age, I won't disclose my age, but I will I will be approaching middle age, middle age for the rest of my life. I've decided. Um, as I approach middle age, I decided I do not want my healthcare providers to be older than I am. I want young people who think that they don't have it in them. You know, to become a a sonogram manager or a, you know, a phlebotomist or whatever that they do. They can, there's so many things that they can do that they can get involved in, in any industry, healthcare in particular, because it is such an emerging, there's so much science and technology emerging in healthcare. Um, I want to have the best trained people taking care of me as I eventually reach middle age. There's just so much resource out there. And I just want to, I want to be able to use my voice as an informer person and also as a teacher to say, yeah, you can do this. And, and look, I wrote about that and, and I tracked it from this evolution to that evolution. You can see that growth. Well, that's, that's possible with every person. That's possible with every business. That's possible with every, with every industry. So I, I really work at, at being inspired and myself by what I write and trying to bring a, a note of inspiration. To what I write at the pulse, and in other, I do write also about technology and healthcare um, and politics and things. So, I guess that's uh, looking forward. I, what, doing this work has really helped me embrace those elements of myself that find joy and meaning in writing the way I do and researching what I research and sharing that with people and hopefully helping them find a way to their new future because helping people find a way to a, to their future has is one of my big drivers.
2: Is there anything specific that you feel as an entrepreneur, as a freelancer, as a contractor? You know, there's all these <laughs> all these labels, right? Has it has it changed your perspective on, you know, there's there's lots of contractors and freelancers and entrepreneurs out there. There's right the, I mean that's that's the bread and butter of our economy has the work that you've done really kind of shifted your thoughts on how you prepare yourself? If you just thought to yourself, gosh, you know, I really need to do this. What is that one thing that you need to do to kind of shift into this, into this new realm after the pandemic?
0: I think what um, the, the biggest shift it's, it's provided for me that well that is evolving. It's I continue to evolve as well is the immense volume of opportunity that is just sitting there waiting to be explored. There's entrepreneurs, the creativity of being an entrepreneur is just so much fun because entrepreneurs are bringing their best selves. They're bringing their best skills, their best talents. They're not channeled into what somebody else needs or wants. They they bring who and what they are. And uh, whoever finds them benefits from knowing who and what they are. So the pulse has helped me recognize that there are many things that I want to inform people about and include teachings on, and there's no reason why I can't do it. And there's all, you know, with the technology as well, there's almost, there's no reason not to because there are so many channels, technology channels that facilitate this type of communication. So... Anybody who's thinking, you know, that they have a unique gift or a unique lesson or a unique skill or talent or ability who thinks maybe there's a niche for them somewhere in the universe that they have not found looking. Maybe now's the time for them to reach out and decide. Yeah. How do I, how do I bring this forward? How do I bring my best self? How do I bring my best work? to the people who I know would benefit from from engaging with me. And that so that's where personally I'm planning on going as I continue to work on this. I get so much stimulation from the pulse anyway. So that's where I want to go. And I'm hopeful that, you know, the EWD with its real strong backbone in, in entrepreneurship and supporting entrepreneurs, there's lots and lots of opportunity within the EWD for potential entrepreneurs to go explore how they can become actual entrepreneurs. I think the uh, Pasadena's EWD is just an exceptional resource for that purpose alone among all the other ones.
2: Thank you. That was a nice shameless plug. Thanks.
3: (laughs) We'll take those anytime, anytime.
0: Well, if I wouldn't have said it, if it wasn't authentic and, and totally my, my deep held belief. So there we are. Thank you. You
3: I, I think at the, at the, at the heart of what we do is people. And when I'm hearing you talk, Pam, about, uh, you know, finding meaning in your work, Salvatrice and I have had the conversation. I think it was probably, it might have been a year in, Salvatrice, if you remember. And I'm like, where's the heart in what we do? Like, what, right. <laughs> what the why? Like, it's not just about, you know, it's about getting folks into jobs. Diversity, equity, inclusion is super important to me. It's important to us and being mindful of all those kind of barriers to access. And I I, I love that that your background, Pam, kind of dovetails into our interests, that we have, you know, similar interests. And and yes, there's, there's certain work to be done, and there's a lot of, you know, data and there's a lot of research and there's a lot of you know all this stuff but there's also again at the heart of it is is people like what we're doing is for people and so i love that you put the emphasis on uh finding meaning and trying to incorporate some teaching into your pieces you know as you work through these uh newsletters and the polls i just i just wanted to share that how i I appreciate that and it it also resonates with me too in terms of finding meaning in the work that we do
0: thank you and absolutely true it's um as I say, there's, there's so much value hidden in people and providing an opportunity for them to explore their own value and then to bring that forward is uh, just one of my highest, highest goals and, and my, that, that brings me the most satisfaction when I see people who struggle becoming successful and providing them with whatever support and direction that they need to become successful. So that's why I am so enthused writing for EWD, is that's what you guys do too.
3: It's a good fit. It's a good fit, and we certainly appreciate you being here. Sure.
0: I'll stay as long as you want me. <laughs>
3: I'm good. You Thank heard you. it here first, right?
2: <laughs> Thank you. You said something really important, showcase their value. So if there was a tip that you could give to our listener, what might that be for them to showcase their value, their best work as they navigate, as they navigate through their careers, as they navigate through uh, recovery, what might that be?
0: Through, through all the iterations of my career, I think what I, what has always come back to me, no matter what the lesson was that I was learning or the work that I was doing, that. People have to learn to be confident, to be true to themselves. So if they know that they have a special, if they have a special drive, a special talent, something that really lights them up, and for many people, it's difficult to carry that very personal spark forward into the work that they do. And yet, way often, way more often than than they would expect when the people they work with encounter those sparks, those sparks spark everybody else too. And that's, um, you know, I, And I, what I like about that description, about bringing, being true to yourself and that no matter where you're going, no matter what choices you're making for yourself, if you're being true to yourself and you're pursuing things that you know are good for you that are going to uh, respond to your inner spirit, if you're doing that, then you're probably not also hurting anybody else, and you're you're bringing your essence to the universe and letting the universe respond to it appropriately. And until you have the confidence to be able to do it, you don't understand the impact you're going to be able to have on people. And so, for, for people who are are trying to sort out where what their next steps might be, you know, post COVID. Find what really lights your light and pursue that and let it, and then let that light shine. Cause that's, that's what, when I have found what I believe to be my biggest successes are when the people I've been working with find their bright light and wander off into their own universe as the bright light that they are.
3: That's awesome. That's awesome, Pam. Thank you so much for that and for joining us today and for sharing your insights and your background. I learned a lot and uh, I enjoyed learning more about you because for all the stuff we do talk about, we haven't really ever talked about your, your background and kind of some of your passions. So thank you for sharing that with us today.
0: I'm honored to write for this. I'm honored to work with you too. Salvatrice and Leslie, Christina, all the team there at EWD and Pasadena city college, I think is just doing an awesome job developing itself into what it needs to be for its community. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you for listening to the future of work podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite listening platform so you can easily get new episodes every Tuesday. You can reach out to us by clicking on the website link below in the show notes to collaborate, partner, or just chat about all things Future of Work. We'd love to connect with you. All of us here at the Future of Work and Pasadena City College wish you safety and wellness.